better person, a better teacher, a better practitioner, a better this, a better that. More and more amazed at the power of Sangha, the power of community. Violent. Yes, I am. We are. When I started being gentler with me, it all changed. And I love it. I always try to remind myself to respect other choices. We have the power. We have the power. All right, hello and welcome. So happy to be joined by my good friend, Luciana Prakash today. A little bit about Prakash. She has been an integral yoga teacher since 2007. She graduated at Jaivita Integral Yoga Center in Brazil, and she is now one of its directors. In 2015, she was approved as an integral yoga teacher trainer, and since then has trained hundreds of people in this amazing lineage. She's passionate about yama and yama and on how to apply yoga to everyday real life. She has found true joy in sharing it in simple and practical ways, supporting people in different conditions to have yoga as a tool for a happy life. Together with her husband, Mitra, she has found a YouTube channel, Yoga Paravosi, one of the biggest portals in Brazil, delivering free yoga and meditation information and practices, fulfilling a dream of taking yoga everywhere and offering it to whoever wants or needs it. So Prakash, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Avi. Thank you very much for the invitation. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here with us. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Avi, and to everyone who's listening. So I hope you don't mind, but I want to jump in with what we were talking about before, which is just like nervousness. It's like when we feel nervous about something and if yoga can even be practiced in, in those moments, um, you know, why do you think we feel, what do we feel nervous about? And when you feel nervous, what's something that can help you in those moments? Okay. Well, specifically about these situations, when we have to talk to public, you know, and on teaching to a, a public that maybe don't really know me, I do feel nervous. This is something very, um, that I, I, I am very aware of. And I think I know the reasons. <laughs> I mean, I have this, this, I've always had this need to be perfect, you know, to, to, to just do my, my job or, or to talk as best as I can, to share as best as I can. And of course, that has a very strong impact on me and in the emotions and everything. And I also, it also, I, I also think that it comes from a, a lack of confidence that I had to deal with my entire life and that when I finally found yoga, it helped me a lot. Uh, first, really accepting this, you know, um, I, I recognize I, I have this with me and I am able to face it and still do whatever I need to do. I mean, it's here, it's happening. I feel nervous, but I'm still doing what I am supposed to do, what I want to do, what the, the way I want to share, the way I want to, you know, serve people and serve life in general. So it doesn't stop me. And yoga really helped me with that, with the acceptance of this, of, of who I am in this shell, in this body, in this mind. It's okay. 
Um, it's not really that I need to change any of this. I can accept and work with it, you know, and I can still do my best and, and still um, share, I guess, and still serve even though I have this. So the first point was acceptance. And second, yoga brought me a lot of tools to, to deal with it. I am nervous, I feel anxious sometimes, or whenever I'm scared of something, I still, I, I do have tools. Yoga has a lot of different tools that can help us with that. So right now, right before I, I entered this room here to, to talk to you right now, I just went and sat down, did, did some pranayamas, did the little meditation, um, and the fact is that with that, you know, with the breathing exercises, I did a little bit of Nadi Sudi for you. Maybe not everybody listening to us knows what Nadi Sudi is, the alternate uh, nostril breath. Um, that helps to calm down and still be alert. I'm still aware of everything, but I am calm and I do feel what I'm feeling. You know, I do feel that right now I am in this condition with my, 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 my heart is a little accelerated and all of that, but I am totally aware of it. And it's good and I can calm it down and still sit here and do what I am, you know, supposed to do in a way that what I would like to do serving it this, in this way. So it's, um, it's amazing, not only for the tools that it offers, but most importantly to me at least in my uh, in my experience to work with acceptance to work understanding um, the reality of this human body of this mind and this ego that i carry with me and it's okay i can work with that uh, i am not that i am not my body i am not the mind i am beyond that but I do have it here so how do I deal with it and still be in this world serving the way I need to so I guess that's it hmm. what a good answer <laughs> very comprehensive um Thank you. yeah there's so many so many things I want to ask you from that the the acceptance is is such a big one right like I could say for myself, you know, there was many years that I was not accepting of myself. It was always trying to do, trying to prove something uh, to yeah. someone else. And this, this idea of, of accepting myself and the situation, what everything is, it's so liberating, isn't it? It is. It's amazing. And yoga has done such a beautiful job for me with that because uh, I think I, I'm sure I'm not the only one and neither are you. I think a lot of us grow up with this sense of not being good enough. And, you know, even when I started uh, understand, I mean, study and practicing yoga for a while there, it, it even made things worse because the more I studied and the more I understood about yamas and yamas, more I wanted to be better and better and better, a better person, a better teacher, a better practitioner, a better this, a better that, you know, uh, until it really hit me. It's not about being really perfect in this human body and mind. 
It's a process of really uh, acting in a better way, uh, developing in ourselves and just, but not, not in a perfect way. It's not a, a, a constant search or it shouldn't be a constant search for perfection because we are good enough already. And that was really something really, really strong that yoga taught me. I am good enough already. There is nothing so bad in me that I need desperately to change. There is nothing in my personality, in this human body-mind that I occupy right now. There is nothing that needs to, that, that's so awful, so hurtful, that needs to disappear. So it, it made, it really calmed me down and really brought peace to my heart. It's still leaving a lot of room for development for growth, for learning new things and new ways to cope with myself and to deal with other people, deal with situations, but not anymore from this place of lack, this place of not being good enough, you know? And it always started when I went to India in 2000 and I think it was 2011, 2000 and yeah, 2011. Uh, when I came back, I was doing, I have a therapist and I, I did everything you can possibly imagine in India. I was really out there just throwing myself in everything that I found in India, all kinds of practices. I did everything. I was really opened in, in, with that idea that I would come out of that ex experience a better person. And in fact, I did, but not the way I thought, you know, I just thought I had a lot of stuff to work on and to change, to eradicate and so on. So when I came back, I was, I went to my therapist and I was so proud of myself telling her every crazy stuff that I had done there. And, you know, and she was very passive looking at me like, hmm. You did that? Really? And then at some point she said a, a phrase that never again left my mind and my heart. She looked right into my eyes and said, yeah, I'm here wondering what is so wrong with you that you need to do all that stuff to prove wrong, mm. to prove yourself different, something like that. And I was like, oh my God, she's so right. There is something so bad with me that needs to really be completely destroyed and reburn, uh, uh, rebuilt. Uh, and that's how I felt when I came back from India, really a new person. And it wasn't a new person. It was the me that, I, that was already there, just a better version, just a, a, a better side of, my, of myself that was there the whole time. Nothing that I really invented about myself not a new one that I put together you know the while I was there so that was a really amazing turning point to me and acceptance became the word that I define yoga by you know for me yoga is all about acceptance accepting who you are accepting life as it is accepting other people as they are at that moment and uh, it was a beautiful pro process in that, in that way. It's never ending, right? That's how it feels for me like this. The acceptance 
all the time is rubbing up against this old like survival mentality that something needs to be fixed or something needs to be changed. And, and, and so it's constantly, I notice in myself, it's like, okay, the fear, fear comes up. I need to do something. I need to change something. I need to figure something out. And then it's like, oh, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's all perfect in some way. I just accept it, you know, and this, this balance between these places, I think is, is yoga. I find, um, yeah, you know, another word that comes to me too is like regular. It might not sound good to feel regular. You know, they're like, oh, okay, I'm a regular person. At least, you know, in the States a lot. Like that's not what you don't want to be just regular. You want to be extraordinary, you know? Um, yeah. But I found like so much comfort in just like, oh, I'm just a regular human being. Like what's going on inside of me? That's, it's not the first time that this has happened that someone has gone through that. And when, when you study, you know, the saints and the sages, you understand that too, when they're describing so wonderfully, like the, the internal state and, and the struggles uh, that we, that we go through, it's like, oh, okay. You know, so I find it's like, we're all unique, which is beautiful. Like no one else has ever been exactly like you, Prakash, but at the same time, right? Like we are regular too, right? We are regular, yes. For a long time, I kind of like um, fought with the idea of being regular, not really only because um, of the of this idea of being better, but also regular just sounded so so simple, right? It sounds it sounds simple sometimes and and regular means that all of us are regulars and here in brazil uh, we have uh, we have a very it's he's a, an amazing yoga teacher he's not his name is hermogenes professor hermogenes and he's very famous and he he uses another uh, a word that correlates to regular in portuguese but it's normal normal so and and he he always talks about this being regular or being normal um, as just everybody in the society and and we that are regular we just have the same uh, good and bad qualities we have we all have um, difficulties in life we all have a crazy mind we are all influenced by media and all of that so for a while there just being regular was something that I did not want to be I wanted something different from that but at the same time when I started going deeper in yoga I just wanted to be more and more regular, you know, <laughs> and, and that's where I found peace. I found peace in this. It, I am regular and I'm okay being regular. It's, it's amazing enough. It's good enough. Right? I think the other word that comes up with this for me is loneliness, right? It's like when I feel this way, regular, normal in a way, I, I realize that I'm more, uh, that I'm connected, Right. So the, the part of the, you know, what's going on inside me, what's, what's wrong with me type of thing, all of that is connected to loneliness, which I find to yeah. be one of the most painful experiences of life is feeling, feeling lonely and yes. wondering, you know, is there something wrong with me? 
Um, so this is great power as like an antidote for that. It is. And especially when you find your people, right? When you find uh, in your regularity, you find your people, you find your sangha, you find uh, a group of people that kind of think the same way as you do, or at least we are looking and searching for the same thing, kind of things. And when I started to really find in yoga the group that I wanted to be with, this, the sangha that I wanted to be with, the, the, this feeling of loneliness really changed. Uh, I, am, I, I, I am happy being irregular. And in the moments that I do feel, uh, for some reason, this feeling of loneliness, of being different or being whatever that's not fitting well at that moment, I remember Sangha. And, you know, this is a very very strong um, tool for us to use. We, uh, some of us in this yoga path don't really even recognize the strength of Sangha, the importance of Sangha, the importance of people like-minded, you know, around of us, uh, around us, just to really help in the moments where we forget about the unity, right? When we forget about who we really are, the essence that we are, and having Sangha, having like-minded people around, it's, it really helped me a lot in all these years trying to dive deeper in yoga, in, in my own yoga practice. Thank you for saying that. I'm constantly more and more amazed at the power of Sangha, the power of community. You know, I just, I feel that we are social, social beings. We're social creatures. And what people are doing around us is really going to have a big influence. And um, yeah. I want to ask about like your like self-care for, for you, you know, like, I don't know. It was also a big change in me when I saw that almost it's my job to take care of Avi and yeah. it's your job to take care of Prakash. And then by doing that to see what, what, how can I do that? Right. How can you take care of Prakash? And one of the ways is finding the Sangha that, that you're talking about seeing like, Oh, like I, I need to be connected and supported and be surrounded by other people who are good influence on me seeing it like that gave me the motivation right to maybe make changes because you have relationships with people and then maybe they're not serving you so much you don't feel like it's the best example so you have to move to a new sangha which is a really hard thing to find a new sangha did you have any kind of experience like that you know finding the sangha now which is jivita and integral yoga right yes i did well it the the whole thing about sangha for me was a, another amazing process because um, I, I am not very, like the very, um, the, 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 the stereotype of a, a yogi, of a yogi, of a yoga practitioner, you know, at least I'm sure in United States, there is also this stereotype of a yoga practitioner, but here in Brazil, it's something, at least when I started taking yoga 17, 18 years ago, it was stronger than it is today. 
the most people that I knew of who practiced yoga back then, you know, were the kind of like the Zen people, you know, the very calm people, the very alternative people. And it was something very, very strong, uh, almost like related to the hippie type uh, stereotype, you know? And I was never really that stereotype. And when I started practicing yoga and taking it seriously, I really had a hard time fitting in. And I, I already had my first daughter when I started practicing. And most of my uh, colleagues in, in Hatha class and even in my, my first uh, tr teacher training, the, the first BTT I took, they were all very young. I was young also, but I was a young mother married already, you know, and most of them were just, just young without the, the rest of the package. And I really had a hard time fitting in, um, not only because I did not consider myself the yogi type, but because I had a very, again, regular common life. I was married with, ki with one kid. I was just really having to... Um, while my friends were practicing yoga, I was making lunch and dinner, you know, and taking care of uh, three, uh, actually Livia was two year old back then. So it was a completely different situation than what I thought was ideal. The, the ideal of a yogi, of a yoga practitioner. It was really something in my mind that I created. Nobody made me think like that, but it was something that I believed. So I had a hard time fitting in. I kind of looked at those, at my friends, the yoga group, the yoga sangha that there was back then, as like very strange people that I could never be like because I had a totally different life. I had a daughter and a house to take care of. And even though I really wanted to go out and, and practice yoga all the time and do one hour meditation and plus two hour Hatha class and then another satsang at the end of the day and maybe a retreat at the weekend, I couldn't. And so I, I, I had... Um, I, I did not find Sangha back then. It wasn't until much later when I found Jaivida, when I actually started uh, working at Jaivida and serving at Jaivida, and I became one of the directors. There I actually found Sangha, Sangha because there I could find regular people like me with regular life practicing yoga. And it was a completely different surrounding for me it was very warming to find these people that just had an everyday life just like I did but wanted to really go deep in yoga and it was amazing at this at the same time I I met my my nowadays my my, my husband nowadays Mitra he was a yoga teacher at Jaivida as well and I made a lot of new friends that really are like my uh, my really special sangha it, with a very deep special connection, and it changed everything to me. Uh, now I am uh, now I feel after finding this sangha, um, I feel a lot more rooted 
in the yoga, even though I have the, the, my life can be whatever way it is, but I am rooted in yoga and with the help, with the support of this Sangha that supports my life, whatever way it is. You know, I didn't have to make amends in my life. I didn't have to change my my way of living to be part of this Sangha. I feel accepted as I am. And it's awesome. It really, uh, the, the, the power of an accepting Sangha was something that really uh, changed my connection with yoga, made me go deeper, made me find a partner in, in yoga. And that also helped, uh, I mean, changed my personal life completely. And now I, I understand that with all this family life that I have, now I have another kid, right? So I have already two kids and I'm expecting the third, as you know. And um, I still find ways with the, even though, if, even though I have little time, but I find ways to take care of myself. I find ways to make time for myself, to make time for to make quiet time for myself, silent time, my practice time, my studying time, and the and sangha time. Even it was something amazing. I don't know. Maybe it. I mean, not maybe. I'm sure it also helped uh, happen to you there, everywhere. I think to all the people, to people everywhere in the world. But this two, this year and a half with COVID pandemic. Um, we were not seeing each other live, right, present, but I felt that Sangha was life savior at this, this year and a half. Even though we were not present, seeing and touching each other, we talked a lot more, we supported us, uh, we supported each other a lot more from Zoom, with Zoom or WhatsApp, whatever it was, but we made ourselves uh, available, more available, knowing that it was a very special situation that required even more present um, quality time from friendship, from family members. So uh, it was amazing to have this special Sangha, like-minded people in this process of the, the, the pandemic. It was really amazing. It's interesting that in, you know, challenging times, especially the, the need to have community, like, or like living in community, having that in general makes me feel so much more secure than if I'm on my own and don't, and don't have anyone else. So it's, it's, it's very, very practical. And it's an odd thing almost to think that we can do things completely by ourselves because we are so connected and reliant on everyone else and what's our environment and everything. So just to embrace, that's the reality here and to kind of nestle, nestle yourself into a community. If you can find it is wonderful. And it, again, it becomes obvious in the past year and a half, so many people I think have, have connected in ways that you're talking about um, just out of a basic need. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And look what we've done with, uh, within the integral yoga, big community, right? We were able to to pull, some, to pull something out as big as an international conference, right? A global conference. And it was an amazing event. It was so 
powerful, soul-transforming to have people from all over the world available and wanting to be together, each one in their houses, each of us in our own houses, but really wanting this connection, wanting to, to drink from this power, from this uh, energy of the, of, the, of the yoga sangha. It was amazing. It was such a strong support again. And, and I don't know, maybe in regular times, if we were not in such a special situation, maybe we wouldn't have been able to put it together. So something to be grateful. I want to, uh, to go back to something that you brought up about your impression of yoga before you started practicing what you thought a yogi should be. And maybe even that impression that you had was a barrier for a while to beginning to become it yourself. So you thought, oh, that's not for me, right? And I think that there's such a common tendency. Many people, they hear the word yoga, they hear the word meditation. And we just, we human beings, we do this. We think we know before we actually know. Right. Like we, why, why do we do that? Like, instead of just saying like, you know, I know nothing about that. I have no idea what it is. Instead we like to <laughs> pretend like we know what something is yes. when we have like no information about it at all. We saw like one TV thing or poster or whatever it is. We yeah. think, Oh, Oh, I know that's, that, that's not me. We have no, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah. One Instagram picture and it's already enough for me to know what yoga is. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm curious about is if like you meet people who maybe have not begun to practice yoga, right. Or in this place where they feel that, okay, this is not appropriate for me. I'm not this type of person that would practice uh, that I would practice yoga or meditation. Have you had any of those conversations and you know, how to kind of open that gateway, you know, and that maybe even you can remember for yourself, like what, what changed to allow you to take that that first step in a new direction? Okay, well, I've had this conversation, I think probably a million of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I found in my own experience and in all these years teaching, teaching yoga and, and giving uh, trainings not right on, on yoga, I met a lot of people who had the same conflict inside and first of all uh, i i always tell them you know try to remember what attracted you to to yoga the first time what was that pull what what was that thing that really um, made you want to look for yoga what what started startled startled well, what initiated mm. your search for yoga? What made you go there and Google yoga, where to practice and all kinds of yoga? What brought you there? Remember that. Because if you, if you came to a yoga class, you probably had an, uh, an instant, I mean, something initiated in you. What was that? And I came to understand after a while that it's okay. Maybe it wasn't a, such a strong pull. 
maybe it wasn't something so so deep as it was for me and and as it is in many cases but if you remember if you have in mind why you first went to yoga why you first looked for a yoga class and what really began to make you want to practice uh, yoga, maybe you have an answer there and maybe you will have a very strong tool there. Every time you think it's not for you, remember what brought you here. Remember what initiated this whole thing in you and stick to it. Stick to the idea of what you want to bring to your life with yoga. And every time you feel like giving up because you don't think it's for you, just really go back there and read again that statement. Remind yourself what was this first, um, this like first seed. really, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, what like the really... seed that was planted, like the first seed, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. This seed. What was the seed for you? And that helped, that helped me a lot and helped a lot of students that I know to really stick to it, really keep going. And honestly, at the end, I think yoga also has to, I mean, the yoga community and the yoga teachings and teachers, I think we also need to bring yoga down to earth you know, to serve at the level of all the students. And this is something that uh, Mitra and I, and I know that all the teachers at Jaivida in, in Integral Yoga, we, we work hard to really make yoga available to everyone as they are. Because really people look for yoga for different reasons. And people, and thank God, you know, we are plural. We are, there's this huge diversity in our humanity, right? So to try to fit everyone in the same kind of things, it won't work. So we have to go from the way I understand, we have to make yoga available to everyone in every style of, of every kind of person let's let's put it that way for a, a lack of a better word right now in english and that helps also not trying to fit everybody in the same model box of a yoga practitioner you know uh, and that helped that helps a lot to um, for for the students to understand that they don't need to fit in this or that way they just need to know what they want with yoga, what was the seed, what they are looking for, and how can yoga help them to achieve that, that they first thought that yoga could do, you know? So that's, that's mostly what I end up coming up to with my students and even in, in talks with my husband and friends and sangha. Um, it comes down to it at the end. Yeah. You know, I think it's it back to acceptance, right. It's to feel, yeah. to feel accepted and to, you know, find the Sangha is that that's, that's perhaps what we're, what we're doing, you know, and if people feel accepted, then that yeah. that's, a, that's a game changer, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And I also think that the, the media 
uh, surrounding yoga is finally understanding this because yoga has always been, I mean, not always, because we know the background of yoga may not have always been like that, but yoga has a potential to really um, support anyone's life, to really, uh, it can be practiced by everyone in any condition. And the past couple of years, I, I see the, the media around yoga really adapting this. And we are, we are seeing so, so many beautiful movements towards um, the diversity in, within yoga, you know, all the, the accessibility uh, within yoga. And so now it's not only, um, let's say, divided in, in little groups here and there, but it's everywhere and the media is really treating yoga through these lenses. At least I believe most, um, most of people are trying to, to do that, to really show yoga in a lot more uh, accessible way. And that helps as well. Not only uh, the, the, the practitioners, not only the acceptance that we have to develop ourselves, but the way we sell, the way we market yoga is also changing, uh, comprehending, understanding this, understanding the need to show clearly that yoga is for everyone, that yoga is for everybody and accepting any condition. So that also, I think it's a, it's a big, big cha change. Yeah. It makes me think of schools too, right? If children just grow up and this is a part of their education is, is doing these practices, like that would change everything. Everyone gets yeah. to experience it and hopefully see the benefit of, of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Ah, I know that you're passionate about yama and yama. And I see even behind you, you have some, I'm wondering if there's one in particular that like resonates strongly for you, either, you know, across time or maybe even just, just now more presently that you've been working with. Yeah. Well, I am really, I totally love yamas and yamas. And I remember when I first read the yamas and, and yamas, it, it, it sounded so easy, right? <laughs> I remember the feeling of like, oh, this is just so basic. Ahimsa. I don't kill anyone. I've never killed anyone. Um, so I'm good with that. But then after I started going deeper and seeing all the layers of all the yamas and yamas, and I understood that actually it might be the hardest part of the whole yoga philosophy, right? And it's not by any chance that it, it's right there. You know, the first step of the eight steps of the Patanjali Yoga Sutras. So it is something that really um, kind of like really marks my path on, on yoga. It's something that I try to remember all the time, that I try to apply all the time. And... I've, I've never really thought if there is one or more that there are stronger to me, but I, I will have to, to say that uh, the first one, Ahimsa, was one that actually really stroked me 
when I understood the violence within myself, within me, within the way I react to life, the way I react to people, to situations, because I remember clearly having this first thought, I've never killed anyone and I don't go around hitting people out there. So I'm good in Ahimsa. But uh, how about the way I relate to, how about the way I talk to people? How about the way I respond to difficult situations? And that's when I came to understand the, uh, the huge amount of violence and not only violence, but the huge amount of pain that I have, have gone through my entire life that made me become the violent person that I was in this subtle, more subtle ways. And it was really like the first thread to all the other ones to really understand the other yamas and yamas in a, in a much more subtle way. But it all began to me with the understanding of how violent my life had been until discovering this path. And even now, even nowadays, sometimes when I'm, you know, dealing with my husband and dealing with the, with the kids and all of that, sometimes harsh words comes out of my mind and I really go back there to that first thought that I was not violent. Yes, I am. We are. It's part of our humanity, right? So it was, I think I would say today, um, it's, it's probably the first, the, the strongest one for me, something that I have to work on myself all the time, that I, I go back to this inherent, uh, violent way to respond to life. And um, I think I will still be working with that a lot. <laughs> you find that, you know, if you work on your relationship with yourself and not being violent to yourself, that the natural outcome of that work will be that you're not violent to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's what I think really struck me. I, I, when I started understanding that, and I realized how violent I was with myself, with all the, the amount of perfection and the, the wanting to be better and better and a, a better person, better this, better that, and how violent it, it was uh, with myself, you know, and, and in so many other situations. And when I, when I started working on me first, I saw so many changes with the way I relate to other people. I, I can see so clear that I am a, a lot softer person nowadays than I, than I was before. Even as a mother, I see clearly. I raised my first child, my first daughter, 18 years ago. I was beginning my path on yoga. Actually, it all started with her, with her pregnancy. So... Uh, when I, when I, when she was growing up, when she was little, I was so different than the mother that I am now 
to Sophia, which is three years old. So what, um, 14, 15 years later, I am a completely different mother. And it's not only because I now I, I know how to be a mother or no. And, and it's not only also about the kid itself, you know, it's the way I look at my daughter. It's the way I answer to her needs, the way I answer to my own needs first. And, and, and I am able to really treat her in a much calmer way, in a much less violent way than back then. And, and I just love to see it. And I kind of feel sorry for my first daughter. <laughs> but there is nothing I can do about it now uh, unless tell her, you know, the, whole, the truth and be very honest uh, about this, the, the way I, I developed this in myself. But I love seeing it. I love to see how much more gentle I am to to my daughters, to uh, my friends, to my students. And it always started with me. When I started being gentler with me, it all changed. And I love it. It's so much easier. I think it's just the natural way of things too, is to continue growing. Like hopefully, I'd like to think that I'm my my path is, is growth until the day that I die. You know, that's all, all that I want to do. And so that maybe, you know, some years from now, you'll look back on how you are now and also think like, okay, like, yeah, I was a much different person then, but yeah. it's natural, right? Because you, you learn, if you're genuinely learning, then you're growing. Yes. If you're, if you show up to do your internal work, you will grow I, I i also hope we will grow we will develop to the end of the days i mean uh, i just think you really need to be uh, willing to do the job to, to do the work the internal work because i see you know i i always tell my my tt my my students on teacher trainings uh i i always tell them this don't come to a teach, to a, a yoga training saying that you want to transform this and that you want to do this and that and not do the job not do the work you know because yoga you don't you don't do yoga reading books you don't learn you you can learn the philosophy of yoga but you have to put it in practice otherwise it's not really yoga it won't do much for you you have to put it in practice. So I tell my students all the time, you, uh, here in, in the way I do the, the teacher trainings, usually they take a year long, one weekend uh, a month. So we, it's an extensive um, program. So I always tell them you have one year to take a big leap, you know, but you have to show up to do your work. You really have to practice. You have you have to develop a, the, your the discipline to show up for yoga practice every day, for meditation, for pranayama, and studying. Also, of course, the philosophy, reading the the yoga teachings, and all of that, and all of that. But practicing and really um, trying, at least doing your best, because I know we fail all the time. But trying your best to put in practice a, a perfect 
action according to the ethics of yama and yamas. And I, I tell them that all the time. Show up, be available to do this internal work. Otherwise, don't even bother taking a yoga training. <laughs> it's hard though, right? It's challenging. It's, it's really you know, hard. inside yourself and seeing being brave enough to change. Oh my God. takes a lot of courage, right? It's it's hurtful sometimes. I I remember and and actually it it was very hard for me as it is for a lot of people I know because you see horrible things about yourself, right? But it, horrible things that are part of who we are, that are part of our humanity. So there's nothing wrong. And if we understand that, it becomes easier and still you have to develop the discipline to be available for your practice. Beautiful. Um, the other thing I really wanted to ask you about is, is social justice. Um, how do you feel that yoga can be used as a tool to stand up for social justice? Wow. Yeah, uh, the theme social justice is something that's really that has been very um, active, let's say, within myself the past couple of months and years. Um, I, I came to understand that for a while, for me, and I don't know if that's everybody's experience, okay, but for a while, for me, I had, I had so many internal, personal things to work on, you know, that I kind of like was not really looking out there. I was just trying to make sense of this mind, make sense of the yoga, um, the yoga place, let's say, in my own life, the, what I wanted with yoga and where I wanted to take myself with yoga. So for, for a long time, I was not really concerned of what was happening to other people, and uh, that that may sound may may sound horrible. It's not that I wasn't concerned, but I wasn't really linking yoga to social justice. I wasn't really making this bridge between just these two things. I was working on myself, and and I needed that first. But then after a while, it became very clear to me that. If I if I mean to be a real yogi, the way I envision a yogi person, I need to be out there in the world. And I need to use the tools that I learned with yoga to serve in terms of social justice. I cannot accept anymore that because I am a yoga teacher or a yoga practitioner, I don't talk about this or that situation. I don't talk about politics. I have to uh, quiet my mind about injustices just, you know, um, because everyone is dealing with their own karma. And, you know, it, and it became very clear to me that to, to become the yogi person that I want to be, I needed to be out there and really fighting for social justice. 
And in so many ways, um, in Brazil, as everywhere else, every elsewhere in the world, I don't think, um, I, I know there's a lot of differences within the countries, but I think somehow we all have uh, in different levels, but we all have the same problems or kind of like the same problems, the same difficulties. And it's our obligation, I guess. It's our duty as yoga, as yogis, to be there and serve to fight against social injustice in any um, way that it comes, be it about um, uh, racial situations, economic situations, gender situations, you know, name it, all of them. But we need to be able to use the tools that we have with yoga uh, to serve the population and to find ways to get out of this immense injustice that we go through in all aspects of modern life, right? Mm. Um, and I do think that we have, this is a duty that we have. It's not something that we can just watch passing and not do anything. Here's what I want to ask you though, is I've come to believe that there, there isn't necessarily a need to separate the work that I do on myself from what I do on the outside world, my karma yoga, the service that I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I actually have come to feel that this separation between the two worlds has limited the amount of action that we're taking externally, because the truth is, is this all internal work, right? I'm never not with myself. Doesn't matter. I don't need to be only with myself when I'm, you know, sitting on my mat. My mat. I'm always with myself. So when I am going and taking action in the outside world, that is also an opportunity to do work on myself. And if I see it that way, that's going to change my relationship with it, as opposed to like, okay, I'm doing all this work now and like building myself up, and then I'm going out and I'm I'm doing something else. I don't know. I've, I'm very interested in this connection here. What do you think about that? I think it's perfect. That's exactly, I totally agree with you. But when I was beginning, I did not have that mentality. I did not have that understanding. And now I do. I totally agree with you. I mean, I think uh, it, not to judge those who choose a different way of action. I, I don't want to judge because, again, this judging is not yoga. So... Uh, leave it there. It, we all have our own ways of serving and we all have our own stuff and we, we have to find ways to cope with that. But in, in my experience, now I see this. There is no separation within the work that I do within myself and the work out there, the way I serve in the, way, in the world. I can do both works together and I totally see that now, but I didn't see it before. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And they just really hide in their own rooms, in their own house, in their own minds, just really 
thinking that they are they are doing good enough just working on themselves and maybe they are who am i to judge you know but with the I think everything that's happening in the world is just so serious. And it's not that it wasn't before. It has always been too serious. I mean, it has always been awful. So many awful things happening for a long, long, long time. But how about we say that now we are awake? Now I am awake to these problems. Now I am aware of this social in injustice and everything that, that I can do, all the ways that I can serve using yoga tools to um, try to, to, to change some of this, to serve people who are in any sort of, of need. And doing that, I totally feel that you're doing your, your internal work. I totally agree. There is no separation within these two paths. And, um, but respect, but, but, but I, I always try to remind myself to respect other choices, okay? But I cannot, I cannot go with that choice anymore in my own. I, I remember last year during um, the, the worst part of COVID and all the, all the things that were happening everywhere, the, the politics in Brazil just unbelievably crazy and so many awful things happening. And I remember a couple of days that I was actually crying at home because I, my voice was kind of like um, silenced, you know? I, I was feeling that I, I don't want, I don't want to be silent anymore about all of this. I want to speak and I want to speak in a yogi way. I want to speak with awareness. I want to speak from this place of awareness and presence and nonviolence, but I do need to speak and I, or I do need to do something. I cannot sit here anymore and just watch and just, just watch, I can't. And it, it made a lot of, it took a lot of uh, weight off my back when I understood that because I, I, I clearly saw that's how I want to serve in the world. So maybe my, my, what I came to do here in this life with this body, with this mind, is something related to this. Who knows? But I felt, I remember feeling an urgent feeling, uh, really something um, very deep inside of me of really wanting to speak up and do something. It's not time to watch anymore. And, and that's part now of my... Uh, yoga practice, you know, of, of how I want to develop myself spiritually speaking. This is my, my spiritual path, let's say, let's put it that way. You know. Uh, I'm so glad. It's inspiring to, to hear you talk about that because I feel that way too. You know, I think many Good. of us do. We have this voice. We to, yeah. to express it, to take these actions, you know, it's like, that's the truth deep inside that we know, that we know that, that this is what we want to do. It, the fear is there, scary, it's new, but if I, if I go out and I do it, like, that's, what's right. That's what the, the part of me inside 
really, really wants. Yes, yes, good. And we, and I think when when we are aware of that, and we are aware of the power of sangha used in the right direction to do good in the world, we are even stronger. We have so many possibilities with the strength of sangha uh, applied to social justice. You know, we have the power. We have the power. (laughs) Uh, Prakash, it's been such a pleasure. Um, Thank you so much for for taking this time. And I just want to send you and your family blessings, including the little one that you're nurturing inside right now. Um, Yeah, and all your sangha there in Brazil. Thanks so much. Thank you, Avi. Thank you so much for inviting me here and also for encouraging me to be here. This was something very meaningful to me. Thank you very much. And I wish you all the best to you, to your family as well, to all Yogavili Sangha. I miss so much being there, Mm. so much. And um, it's a bless. Thank you. Yeah. Prakash, almost forgot, but if if people would like to, you know, follow up with you, find out more information, I know you have the YouTube channels or a best way for people to reach out and contact you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the, the easiest way to find a lot more about me would be www.yogaparavocê.com or Yoga Para Você on Insta, Instagram. Uh, and also in the in the sites of Jaivida, www.jaivida, that's J-A-I-V-I-D-A dot com. Okay. Wonderful. And we'll put that in the show notes too. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, Prakash. <laughs> You're welcome, Avi. Thank you. Take care, everyone. And just a reminder too, um, to subscribe if you'd like. And we love reviews too. If you have a minute or two to leave us a review, that keeps us going. Um, so yeah, look for, for more episodes to come. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.